Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Handsome Gadgets Weekly Tech News. Today is November 27th, 2019, a day right before Thanksgiving. So from my family to yours, I'd like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I hope the turkey is done well, it's not burnt. I hope the ham is nice and juicy. Uh, I hope your festivities are nice and well. And, and, I hope the Cowboys win. We want our Cowboys to win, right? Yes. Speaking of who I'm talking to, this is none other than my daughter, Faith. She's back in the building, people. Yay! Hi, guys. She's back and she's ready. How was your flight, Faith? It was good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah? You flew all the way from New York to California by yourself. I know. What what were you doing out there? Well, um, I just, like, sit down, relaxed at the porch, and sometimes I just watch some videos. While you're on the flight, that's what you do. You don't yeah. talk to anybody. No. Well, well, you shouldn't be talking. No talking to strangers, right, Faith? Oh no, I don't talk to any strangers. No, no, <clears throat> that would not be good. Mm-mm. You never know; they might be bad people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just glad that you're back. Mm-hmm. Glad you're back from your from your ten hour flight. Yes. You know, it's just uh, it's a hard life being Faith, huh? Mm-hmm. But you know, but but you enjoy it, right? Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for everybody that's new to the podcast, um, basically what we do is we focus on five articles or five tech things that happened this past week that I find interesting, uh, Faith finds interesting, and we hope that you find it interesting. So without further ado, you want to jump right in, Faith? Yeah. Okay. So this first article is coming to us from complex.com. And it's saying that there's five reasons why the Google Pixel 4 XL is the best Android phone on the market. Now, I don't know about you, Faith, but I've heard some bad things about the new Google Pixel 4. Oh, no. So I'm interested to see what this guy has to say about this phone. Yes. So the article states that with its fourth iteration of their flagship Pixel smartphone, Google's done the impossible. They've made arguably the perfect Android device. That's saying something. Back in May, it was reported that there are 2.5 billion active Android devices out there in the world. The Pixels have obviously been the pinnacle of Google's smartphones division, but there's something about the Pixel 4, which was released on October 24th, that's heads above not just every other Android device out there, but even above the Pixel 3, which has been my primary device since its release in October 2018. 
When I first saw what Google was announcing for the Pixel 4, I was hype. While I'm not an anti-iPhone, I'm definitely not pro-Android, or rather, I'm very pro-Pixel. With this job having me in Google Drive on the regular, it just makes things easy for my personal and professional lives to have the power of Google in the palm of my hand. For the past two weeks, I've carried around two phones on some Kevin Gates-ish in the hopes of figuring out if the Pixel 4 XL trumps the Pixel 3 in what I need for my day-to-day. -day. Spoiler alert, it does, but in more ways than I imagined previously. Here's a look why I'm ready to dead my Pixel 3 and shift my entire life to the Pixel 4 XL. Okay, Faith, so we got this gentleman. He's writing this article uh, from Complex, and he's, he's, he's a Pixel lover boy. Oh, man. He loves them Pixel devices. And I do, too. It's just this year's, last year's, and this year's, I'm not, not too thrilled about. But I'm interested to see what, what he's talking about, huh? Mm -hmm. He's ready to dump his Pixel 3 and go to the Pixel 4, huh? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I don't know. You don't know? I guess we'll have to read the article and find mm -hmm. out, huh? Yeah. So the first reason is that screen. Sure, the fact that the Pixel 4 XL screen is clocking in at a 6.3-inch already slays the 5.5-inch in the Pixel 3. But there are some immediate differences. First off, there is no notch, which is on the Pixel 3 XL that the Pixel 4 XL is giving you all the screen area, making everything from reading in apps like Pocket or watching YouTube videos in landscape that much more enjoyable. Also going from the full HD plus resolution of the Pixel 3 to the quad HD plus resolution on the Pixel 4 is extremely noticeable. Colors pop crazy when streaming on Netflix or HBO Now. The Pixel 3 wasn't bad at all, it's just that the Pixel 4 XL Everything feels crispier. We like crispy. Mm -hmm. We like crispy fries. Crispy. We like crispy wings. Crispy potatoes. Crispy potatoes, crispy nuggets. And this guy likes his crispy phones. Ooh. Keeping it crispy, huh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Another reason is that face unlock. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest adjustments for me was going from unlocking the Pixel 3 and all previous Pixel devices with my fingerprint to face unlock feature that was initiated by the Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL. iPhone users have had this for a minute. My wife is still rocking with an iPhone X or iPhone 10, so I was familiar with the face unlock feature. I will say they weren't bluffing. The face unlock on the Pixel 4 XL is definitely quicker than the iPhone's feature. At times, you still need to use a code to unlock especially if you turn off and restart your device. But being able just to stare at the phone and have it quickly open up makes things so much easier. The next reason is the voice recorder. Now this may not be a big deal for people who don't work in writing professions, but I do interviews on the regular. While I don't normally record calls with my phone, I was interested when Google announced that the Pixel 4's recorder app was not only searchable, but it had a built-in transcriber. Regularly, you get a piece of audio, say an interview, transcribed by someone for future use. With this recorder, it transcribes audio for you in real time. You can see it happen as the audio is being recorded. Tap a button and the words appear moments after being spoken. The best part? When you upload the audio from your device to the Google Drive, 
it immediately uploads a text file with the full transcript for you. While it'll take some time for transcription services to be rendered obsolete, but this makes my job a lot easier. So do you know what he's talking about, Faith? No. No? Okay. So when you're conducting an interview, you usually have a microphone. Like we're using a microphone yes. right now, right? Mm -hmm. To record all the audio. Well, with the Google Pixel 4, it has this recorder feature where you can record audio, record an interview. And then as you're recording it, as you're, you're talking, the person you're interviewing, as they're talking, it writes out a text, exactly what you're saying, word by word, step by step. And it does it in real time. So instead of typing it up, saying, you know, typing up everything that you said, it does it automatically. That is cool. <laughs> that is really cool. It's, it, it, it's a pretty cool feature, especially um, on a cell phone. Mm. I mean, usually Google, what they do is they, you know, the Pixels are their flagship phones. So top of the line, they put the best of the best um, in their phones, right? Yes. But then they also, uh, you know, they also release it to other phones like OnePlus phones, there are other older Pixel phones, um, maybe even Samsung phones. There's other phones that will carry this feature. It's just right now, the Pixel 4 XL is pioneering it. Mm. And maybe later, the rest of the Android phones will have them as well. Mm. So, it, it's just the Google way. It's just what they do. Mm -hmm. It's just what they do. You know what I mean? Yes. No, you don't already. Okay. <laughs> All right, the next reason is that camera. Now, this is what the Pixels are known for, that buttery smooth camera. Buttery, buttery smooth. <laughs> so the article says, mind you, as a fan of Pixels for the last few years that has followed the iPhone cameras, I've kind of realized that Google isn't messing around when it comes to their camera. No, that's a bad word, Faith. We won't say that, okay? Okay. So we'll, tra we'll translate it, okay? Heck. They've had the night sight option down pat before Apple flipped the script. That said, the Pixel 4 has added a 16 megapixel camera to the device along with the 12.2 megapixel camera, topping the single 12.2 megapixel camera of the Pixel 3. Sure, the iPhone 11 Pro's camera is nothing to sneeze at. Apple has put a lot of stock into their camera work, but you can't front of how warm and bright the shots are taken with the Pixel 4 XL are compared to both Pixel 3 and the iPhone 11 Pro. They've added additional features to capture silhouettes like I've never seen before. Also, that additional camera lens makes the zoom feature on the Pixel 4 XL so essential. Now, Google was getting some flack for not having you know, an ultra-wide lens on this camera setup, but it seems like this guy, he really enjoys the zoom feature. Because remember, when we first saw the Pixel 4, we thought maybe it had three camera lenses, but actually it just has two. Mm -hmm. It has the regular camera lens, and then it has a zoom, zooming camera lens. So there's no wide-angle lens. Um, but I guess this guy's really not missing the wide-angle. What do you think, Faith? Are you, are you, are you more concerned about uh, taking a photo of like everything that's around, or are you more so concerned about taking the photo that's like close and personal? to be like uh, close and personal close and personal yeah. so you would prefer the zoom rather than the wide angle lens yeah because because yeah. sometimes when you have a camera and then you wanted to zoom in a little bit but it can't mm -hmm. so you're like far away but you're trying to capture that moment yeah and somebody somebody's already doing something else over there so you would just mm. want to zoom in 
zoom in and get right to the spot that you yeah. want to you want yeah, to one, oh, okay the okay all right i see your point i see your point now i've heard some bad things about the battery it being not so big um, especially with the 90 hertz screen the refresh rate you know it just takes up a lot of juice but let's see what this guy has to say about the battery yeah so he says that over the last two weeks, the battery easily outperforms the Pixel 3. Okay, so I'll give him that. Of course, it's going to outperform the Pixel 3. It's a bigger battery. I get that I've had the Pixel 3 running strong for a year. But even with my personal and work emails running on both phones, as well as my updates for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook going to both, the Pixel 4 XL has easily lasted longer than the Pixel 3. I can put the Pixel 3 through its paces and be darn near dead towards the late afternoon. The Pixel 4 XL easily gets a full day's worth of battery life, and then some. Now time will tell if the Pixel 4 XL will last as long with the months of use, but so far, the battery life is solid. So the verdict. He says that it shouldn't be a surprise, the Pixel 4 XL might be my favorite new device. It allows me not only to capture the memories of my day-to-day -day life as well as things I need for work with these. For a longer time frame than I can trust Pixel 3 has. Entertainment, work, or just working on the phone while I'm bored on the train has all been enhanced with Google's latest device. That's it. That's the review. So it seems like, seems like this guy is pretty satisfied with his new Pixel 4. Yeah. Looks like he pretty much likes it. Mm-hmm. But um, they need to put a bigger battery because so the phone can last... Um, last longer and that, and that's the age-old question because what happens is you know phone manufacturers they're trying to make the phone smaller and smaller right yeah and so making them smaller and smaller the battery there's not enough room for that big of a battery mm -hmm. so let me ask you faith so if you could have the choice between a really really thin phone and a small battery or maybe a little thicker phone but a much bigger battery what would you choose I'd pick the thicker phone and then like a bigger battery so so your phone will last uh, longer and if you have a small battery and if you need to do something like on your videos or something or um, edit something and your phone just dies. Yeah, that's that, not good. No, and then you gotta <laughs> let it charge for a while and it takes a little while for it to charge. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I would agree with you Faith. I mean, as far as having the slim, sleekest phone, I mean, it's millimeters. It's very minute. Mm -hmm. Just give me a bigger battery. Yeah. Give, give me a battery that lasts a day consistently, maybe even two days. Yes. Two days, three days. What about four days? I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, but you can only pack so much into that battery almost, you know, based on the size of the phone. But, um, but yeah, I mean, people walk around all the time with their battery backups, right? Mm -hmm. Especially iPhone people because their batteries are so small. So they walk around with their battery case, and it makes their phone super thick and chunky because because it's adding additional battery to the phone, you know, to keep it juiced up, right? Yeah, so, like, on the go, you can just charge it. Well, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so the yes, you're correct. So the battery will charge the phone on the go. You just got to turn, turn on the battery, and then it charges mm -hmm. the phone. Yeah, you're, so you're right. But people are doing it anyway, so why don't manufacturers, they just include the bigger battery in the phones yeah making it a little bit thicker i mean yeah like, i don't know what if you run out of room and you can't and it's so big and you can't even fit it anywhere yeah i don't know i don't know what they're doing faith i mean maybe it's a business strategy um maybe it's just looks i don't know but 
we're on the same page, right, Faith? Mm-hmm. Bigger battery. Give us the bigger battery. Give us the 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 power that we need to conduct our day to day business, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, Faith. So let's go into our next article. And this next article, um, I'm pretty excited about, especially for the price. Um, it is with our old mobile carrier. T-Mobile. We're no longer with T-Mobile. And we'll talk about my new mobile carrier that I really enjoy here in a second. But the second article comes to us from, oh, where does it come to us from? From Clark.com. I don't know. I never heard of this, you know, website or whatever. I just thought, I just thought this article was, was pretty interesting because T-Mobile is going to introduce a $50 a month home internet with no data caps. Do you know what data caps are, Faith? No. Okay. So right now we have uh, we have Xfinity or Comcast, right? Internet. Mm-hmm. So I pay you know X amount of money for our internet, and as you know, we use the internet. It uses more and more data, more and more uh, gigabytes and megabytes and all that stuff. It all adds up, and every month they refresh uh, how much data they're going to allow us to get, which is about one terabyte. Now. If you go over that, they'll, they'll forgive you twice. So if you go over the, the terabyte amount of data uh, twice, then they'll, they, they won't charge you. But if you go continuously go over that, they charge you more per month. So it's not unlimited internet. I wish it was. There are data caps, but it's not unlimited. Mm-hmm. So if I, use more, if I use more internet, I gotta pay more money. This is not the case, apparently. So for $50, you can have unlimited internet. Unlimited. Wow. You know what unlimited means? Uh, I think so. It, it, um, you don't have to pay that much or no. you don't have to pay for a month. No. Oh. Unlimited is like, unlimited is like, hmm. How can I explain limited to to a young kid? I don't know. So it's, um, well, I was going to say it's like what's going to be in heaven. So forever. Like there's no end. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no stopping it. Like there's no roof. Just keeps going higher and higher and higher and higher. You get what I'm saying? A little, I think so. a little bit. Okay. Well, I'm just, let me just tell you, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. But uh, let's check out the article and let's see. You know, when is it coming? I don't know. Where is it? I don't know. Let's check out the article. So it says that T-Mobile has announced that it's offering home internet service to certain existing customers around the country for fifty dollars a month with no annual contract and no data caps. As of now, the service is a pilot by invitation only, but that can change at any time. To get the $50 offer, you must sign up for AutoPay, but the wireless giant promises that there are no hidden fees and no hardware costs. T-Mobile says it expects the download speeds to be around 50 megabytes per second, which is okay. 50 megabytes, it'll do the job uh, for most consumers out there. So you're not going to get the blazing fastest, but it'll do the job. So money expert Clark Howard is excited about the development. This is going to be great for people who live in rural areas and who have been at the mercy of their local cable companies for internet service, he says. In a video on their website, T-Mobile says that they are bringing the home internet to some of the most 
far-flung latitudes in the country. By running fiber connections to existing cell towers, then send an LTE signal to a gate gateway placed inside your home. The gateway device combines the capabilities of a modem and a router. It will be geographically locked to your home address, so unfortunately you won't be able to travel with it. T-Mobile claims that setting up the gateway is simple as powering it up, downloading the T-Mobile Home Internet app, and following a few instructions. If you are hoping to cut the cord with the cable company completely by com combining T-Mobile Home Internet with one of the many live TV streaming services out there, you might be in luck. T-Mobile says in an FAQ on its website that T-Mobile Home Internet supports video streaming from multiple services. However, live TV, example live sports and live broadcasts, are not currently supported. But a T-Mobile spokesperson told Clark.com that YouTube TV Live TV does work with the service that others should as well. Most live TV services will work with T-Mobile Home Internet, but it's best that customers check with their chosen live TV streaming provider to make sure, the spokesperson said. When it comes to streaming, speed should not be a problem. Even though 50 megabytes isn't the fastest out there, you should be able to stream to multiple devices at the same time with this service no problem, Clark says. If you're interested in signing up for T-Mobile Home Internet but haven't received the invitation yet, you can go here to be alerted with the service available to you. So there's a link uh, for those of you that are, are watching um, that you can click on and it'll take you to the, the spot or you can just go to T-Mobile.com and sign up to be invited. So what do you think, Faith? You think this might be, I mean, T-Mobile, we, we really enjoy T-Mobile. Mm -hmm. We've enjoyed this service. It's just that we found a better deal. Um, and we're going to talk about that next. But um, do you think this might be the future? I mean. Well, I really don't know. I don't know. You just don't know. Mm -mm. But you know about the internet, right? Yeah, I know. You know about, about Wi-Fi? Do you know about Wi-Fi? Yes. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm just thinking like, like for this price, I mean, it's, it's fit. T-Mobile's good about, you know, setting up auto pay and, and being a flat rate and no additional fees or charges. So it's 50 bucks. It's really going to put pressure on the on the uh, the other carriers, the other internet providers uh, out there to try to lower the price or even better their speeds because it's not that bad of a deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that bad at all. I could see this being pretty, um, working pretty well for like, maybe the older generation that are on a fixed income and they want the internet, but they just can't, they don't need the fast speeds. I mean, this is fast enough. They don't need, you know, all this glitz and glamor. They don't need all that. They just need basic internet, 50 bucks a month, 50 megabytes uh, download and unlimited. So they don't have to worry about going over. I mean, I just think it'd be simple for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So speaking about mobile carriers, we're talking about mobile carriers. We talked about T-Mobile. Let's talk about our new mobile carrier that I'm really stoked about. And actually, recently, they there's this new guy. I'm just, I'm just laying it out there, laying down the foundation. It's this new guy. He's a celebrity guy. He's a famous guy. He bought the mobile company. I don't know if he bought it entirely, but he's he's part owner of it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. No, you don't. Of course you don't, Faith. Well, um, you want to check it out? Yeah. <laughs> All right.
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Do you know who Ryan Reynolds is? No. Okay, well, let's, let's get into the article, okay? This article is coming to us from TheVerge.com. And Ryan Reynolds, yes, the actor, the comedian, that one, now owns a cell phone company. Ryan Reynolds bought an ownership stake in Mint. Do you, you remember that movie we saw, The Pikachu Detective? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know who did the voice for Pikachu? Uh, him? He did, yeah. So so you, you kind of know about him. See, look, he's right here. He's oh, he's hugging the, the Pokeball. <laughs> yeah, being real funny, huh? Yeah. So let's, let's see what the article says, because I'm really stoked about it. I'm really stoked about Mint Mobile. If you guys haven't checked them out, uh, I'll put a description. I'll put a link in the description down below um, as to how you can get in contact with Mint Mobile. Um, it is, they have really changed the game, not only for me, but uh, my pocketbook too. I mean, their plans, you, they sell them in bulk. So you got to buy three months, six months, a year. But the more you buy them, the more you save. And that's what I love. I just, you know, I'll just buy a year's worth of service. I won't have to worry about it for a whole nother year. It's fast, download speeds, everything's good. And they utilize T-Mobile Network. So all the, you know, the service that you would get from your local T-Mobile uh, towers, you're going to get the same service from it mobile. It is a win-win. But let's check out the article. So the article says that Mint Mobile, a wireless carrier known for its cheap cell phone plans, announced today that it has a new owner, Ryan Reynolds. That's right. The voice of Deadpool is now part owner of a cell service provider. Based on the press release, it doesn't seem as though Reynolds is going to make a drastic change to the company, which as an MVNO or mobile network virtual operator currently offers its service over T-Mobile's network. All we really know from the announcement is that Ryan Reynolds will help with Mint's communications and marketing efforts, as well as strategic decision-making. Hopefully, this means somehow Detective Pikachu will be advising Mint Mobile plans during the Super Bowl in February. Reynolds also owns a part of Activation American Gin, which, according to The Verge staffers, makes a pretty good gin, actually. Here's a pitch video for you, and it's funny. If Reynolds helps make good videos like this, I'm okay with him buying it. You want to check out the video? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know you can't hear it, but I can hear it. So let's check it out. You know, people come up to me all the time and they say, what makes aviation gin so delicious? Most of the time I run away because non-celebrities frighten me. But here is the answer. It begins each morning at 4 a.m. The distillers of aviation American gin rise to greet the new day with four hours of silent meditation. From there, it's a quick scoot down to the grove. The citrus fruits are misted using only the tears of aviation's owner, me, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> All of our botanicals are humanely caught, cage-free and grain-fed. The reason some people don't drink gin is that strong juniper taste. So, after apologizing to each berry individually, we beat the living hell out of them. Creating a smoother, more refined finish. To ensure that heavenly taste, 
Every bottle of aviation is ordained by the Unitarian Church of Fresno, California. <laughs> and then, before it departs home, serenaded with the healing music of Sarah McLaughlin. Some might call this overkill, but the next time you visit your local mixologist and you murder that silky smooth aviation martini, well, who's the killer now, asshole? <laughs> aviation, an American original. Now owned by a Canadian. <laughs> that was pretty funny, Faith. I know you couldn't hear it, but it was a little, little too adult for you, but, uh, but yeah. yeah. Oh my God. So, yeah, if he brings if he brings the the funny to Mint Mobile, I mean there are already some ads uh, out there that are kind of funny, but it's this this I think is gonna be a match made in heaven. So you have any thoughts, Faith? No. No, no thoughts whatsoever. You barely even you didn't even know the guy. So well, so we got some good news out of the way. Now we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about one of the Ten Commandments that we're not supposed to do. Can you guess which one that we're not supposed to do? Uh, um, do not be mean to your parents or... Well, yeah, honor your mother and father, yeah. What else? Um, I think that... When, when somebody doesn't tell you the truth, what are they doing? Lying. Lying. So that's one of the Ten Commandments, huh? Lying. Thou shalt not lie. Well, apparently, Google is lying to us. And they're lying to us about the quality of Stadia's games. Maybe. I don't know. Have they been lying to me all this time? Well, I'm all about this. Actually, um, for those of you that don't follow me on Instagram. I posted, uh, and I think on Twitter too, I posted a, uh, a screenshot of my handle of Stadia. So if anybody is out there, you know, have their own Stadia uh, pass or whatever it's called, you can hit me up at Handsome Gadgets, of course. Uh, be playing some games on there. Be testing it out. I'm I'm really excited for it, for the, the service, for the plan. Um, but some people aren't so thrilled about it. It's working out for me. It's, you've played it. You yeah. you enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. So it, it works out. Um, but apparently they're lying about the uh, the quality of the games. They said it's supposed to be upscaled to 4K, but I guess it's not. So for most, that would be okay, except that uh, you know if you promise something you don't, and they don't deliver, then some people are gonna be upset. So. This article is coming to us from 9to5google.com and it says that Google is exaggerating the quality of Stadia's games and it's not okay. It's not okay, Faith. Now, for those of you that don't know, Google Stadia is an ambitious project that unfortunately is off to a rough start thanks to lofty expectations, head-scratching decisions, and annoying hiccups. However, looking past most of that, the biggest problem that Stadia currently faces is that Google has been heavily exaggerating the quality of the 4K games on its service. So this is an update from November 24th. Google has since responded to the situation with further details about the quality of the games of Stadia. 
A Google spokesperson tells us that Stadia streams at 4K 60 frames per second with developers working behind the scenes to deliver the best streaming experience for every game. Stadia, like other platforms, employs upscaling and other methods to achieve the best overall quality and Google expects that Stadia games will be upgraded over time, pointing to the convenient lack of updates at the end users when these upgrades are available. So they state that Stadia streams at 4K 60 frames per second, and that includes all aspects of graphics pipeline from the game to the screen, GPU, encoder, and Chromecast Ultra, all outputting 4K to 4K TVs with appropriate internet connection. Developers making Stadia games work hard to deliver the best streaming experience for every game. Like you see on all platforms, this includes a variety of techniques to achieve the best overall quality. We give developers the freedom of how to achieve the best image quality and frame rate on Stadia, and we are impressed with what they have been able to achieve for day one. We expect many developers, we expect that many developers can, and in most cases will, continue to improve their games on Stadia. And because Stadia lives on our data centers, developers will be able to innovate quickly while delivering an even better experiences directly to you without the need for game patches or downloads. So with the reviews and now more users starting to jump onto Stadia, it becomes more apparent quickly that the visual quality of the games isn't up to par with other services. This could be partially to blame for the streaming nature of games, but it's been proven already that this simply isn't the case. In its review, The Verge spoke to Bungie, the developer behind Destiny 2, and confirms that Stadia's version of the game isn't the same 4K version as in other platforms. Rather, Destiny 2 on Stadia renders at 1080p and is upscaled to improve the quality. In other words, Destiny 2 currently never plays in 4K on Stadia. The problem extends to other games too. Red Dead Redemption 2, another big name for the platform, also doesn't play true 4K. Eurogamer confirms that the game only renders at 1440p and is then upscaled to 4K on Chromecast Ultra. The quality difference is also very obvious when you look at the game side by side with the 4K version on the Xbox One. So here we have Faith, so here we have the the game side by side from the Stadia looks like on the left to the 4K version on the right. And yeah, you can see it's kind of blurry on the left, it's a lot clearer on the right, blurry on the left, clear on the right. Uh, hmm. Interesting, huh, Faith? Mm-hmm. See, most people, they wouldn't really care too much, but for true gamers, like these people that are writing these articles, um, yeah, they they definitely can tell the difference. Especially because we're, we're promised such a great-looking uh, game because we're not using our physical service, we're using Google service, and Google's got you know, all the power in the world. So, you know, you would expect some great things, but... People, people, we we gotta we gotta give credit what credits due. I mean, there this is a new platform, this is a new service, and um, you know it's only been out for a week, maybe two weeks by now, and you know it works. It's just not working as well as uh, some had hoped from day one. But but I I think I, I'm very optimistic about it as to that this may be the future of gaming. Um, so. 
I guess we'll just have to wait and see, huh, Faith? Mm -hmm. So the article continues to say that in the case of Red Dead Redemption 2, some of the blame is very likely on Rockstar itself, since the PC version of the game, which Stadia copies is based on, has had many issues. However, it's just another example as to where Google is blatantly lying about the 4K quality of the games on Stadia. Google's Phil Harrison explicitly said that all games will be running on at 4K, 60 frames per second, but Destiny 2 and Red Dead Redemption 2 simply don't. Rather, they're upscaled to meet that. Worse yet, there was a tweet that seemingly confirmed that Red Dead Redemption 2 wanted to run at 4K, but that tweet was swiftly deleted. Presumably, Google was quick to prevent what would have been a blatant lie from being on its account knowing that the game was at a lower resolution. Since the first reveal of Stadia, Google has bragged about the powerful hardware, running the service, and how it can handle 4K at 60 frames per second without breaking a sweat, even leveraging multiple instances to better improve the quality. So far, though, we've yet to see Stadia's actually pulling that off. If the company had said that some games ran at a lower resolution and relied on upscaling or even pushed the underlying hardware powerless, this would be less of a problem. The same would apply if the settings these games run at on Google's end were disclosed more obviously. Google clearly has the power to fix this, and I generally hope they do. I can forgive Stadia for some of its shortcomings for now, because whether Google wants to admit it or not, the service is essentially in beta right now. In fact, as new as the service is, the quality of the games as it stands is pretty decent. Stadia won't matter for a year. So, what do you think? Any thoughts on Google Stadia? You've had some time to play with it. Mm-hmm. We, we have what? We have uh, NBA uh, 2K20. We have uh, Tomb Raider, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we have the Destiny 2 which it came with, and yeah. uh, some samurai game, some fighting yeah. game. Yeah, I know. So, what do you, what do you think? Um, you know, we haven't, I haven't done a unboxing or first impressions about the controller or the surface, nothing like that, but what do you think about the controller? Well, um, it, it feels nice. It's not too heavy. Mm -hmm. it, um, I like the feeling of it, and I like the colors um, of it. The color scheme? Yeah. It's, it's that really blue nice. and that orange. Mm -hmm. That's really nice, and um, I just think it's really cool. I really like the controller. It just feels nice, and and remember we got to play on your uh, your your Chromebook. Yeah. So that in itself is pretty pretty awesome, because I bought the girls. Um, I bought them two Chromebooks, the cheapest Chromebooks I could find out there, like the cheapest cheapest, because all they're going to use it for is schoolwork. And lo and behold, I was like, hmm, let me see if I can play Google Stadia on these. Because you're not running the the game on the the PC or the computer. You're running it all in the cloud. And lo and behold, we could play Google Stadia on your cheap Chromebooks. $100 Chromebooks. That, that is just, that's just so cool. Like, you can play on your TV. You can play it on your phone. You mm -hmm. can play it on any kind of computer. As long as it can run Google Chrome, yeah. which um, all the Chromebooks do, uh, you can play it. And I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed by that. That is just really cool because sometimes what if you only have your phone and you want to play that game? 
Well, there you go. You can play the game on your phone and... It's and, portable. Yeah, it's portable and it's just really cool. This is really neat. Because um, uh-huh. unlike the Switch where you play the games that you know are designed to be on the Switch, whether digital or on the cartridge, the Switch is not that powerful. It's fun. It's portable. Um, it's It's got a bunch of cool games and stuff, but it's not that powerful. So graphics-wise, processing-wise, you're not going to get that full graphics ooey-gooey goodness like you would at Google Stadia because you're not using the native um, power from your computer. You're using Google's power to perform all those actions. So we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, like I said, I'm optimistic, but time will tell if this is going to be the next future. It's going to be the future, you know? Mm-hmm. So speaking about the future, we all love our wearables. A lot of people, you know, they love their their, uh, their Apple watches. I love my Samsung uh, Gear S3. Um, other people are using uh, different types of watches out there. Well, our favorite near and dear loved company of smartphones they may be they may be just creating a smartwatch a smartwatch a smartwatch i hope they do because i know that they're going to do it they're going to do it right it's going to be fast it's going to be smooth it's going to look good it's going to be priced well um i really hope they do so this article is coming to us from express.co.uk. This is not a United States publication. This is in the UK. But I thought it was interesting. Um, I thought the article was interesting because it's talking about, you know, forget the Pixel Watch. Forget Samsung Watch. Forget all these companies. The OnePlus wants to launch the best new wearable for Android. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're yeah. It could happen. It could happen. So the article says that the much rumored but still MIA Google Pixel Watch could be beaten to market by the new wearable from plucky Chinese firm OnePlus. Here's what could be in store for Android users. So OnePlus could be so it says OnePlus could be about to enter the smartphone. So it says that OnePlus could be about to enter the smartwatch space. This is according to a tipster from India publication TechPP. They posted a tweet suggesting that OnePlus is gearing up to release a fitness band by using the Shenzhen firm signature slogan, Never Settle. They said, for all of you who have a fitness band right now, Darlings or are planning to acquire one shortly. I have two words never settle While the post from the writer doesn't explicitly confirm the oneplus wearables coming We think the inclusion of the firm slogan speaks for itself It's true that this will be the first time oneplus has toyed with releasing a smartwatch the firm's co-founder Carl P confirmed back in 2015 it scrapped the fitness tracker it had been working on at the 11th hour. Speaking to Tech Raider at the time, Pace said, We asked ourselves, what is the goal? We decided we needed to focus on smartphones. 
to ensure we're launching quality products and leave the wearables and speakers to the people who know what they are doing. In 2018, purported images of the scrapped OnePlus smartwatch emerged courtesy of BGR. The device was shown looking very similar to the Moto 360 with a circular case and a brown leather band. Most notably, no heart rate sensor was shown at the bottom of the device. According to Phone Arena, this is evidence that's to suggest that OnePlus smartwatch could launch alongside the Chinese firm's forthcoming OnePlus 8 series that has been tipped to be unwrapped during the first half of 2020. Next year, Faith! If OnePlus is indeed working on a wearable, it could beat Google's long-awaited Pixel Watch to market. The American tech giant was initially tipped to reveal the smartwatch alongside the Pixel 3 and Pixel 3 XL on October 9th, but apparently the launch was ditched at the last minute. There is still plenty of signs to suggest that Google is toying with wearables. Ahead of Google's hardware event last month, Japanese outlet Nikkei said it was possible a smartwatch could be unveiled. While such claims didn't materialize, murmurings of the smartwatch from Google have been consistent from some time now. Plus, Google just dropped a 2 billion hint it has big ambitions in the wearable space. Last Friday, the tech giant announced that it acquired Fitbit for $2.1 billion. So the article continues to say that announcing the news, Rick Alsterich, the senior vice president for devices and services at Google, said the firm saw the acquisition as an opportunity to invest even more in Wear OS, as well as introduce made-by-Google wearables devices into the market. Buying Fitbit isn't the only time Google has splashed the mountains of cash on wearables. At the start of this year, the firm spent $40 million to acquire some of Fossil's smartwatch technology. It's currently unclear when Google rumored smartwatch could see the light of day. But of course, express.co.uk will update you the moment it does. And OnePlus makes any announcements. So, <clears throat> the renders of the watch, they look kind of plain. Uh, especially because I'm so used to my Gear S3 with this circular, um, you know, edge so i can just twist it to move left and right on the watch uh, it's just a convenient design it's a great design um so i don't know we'll see mm -hmm. i'm really a big fan of OnePlus and their products they they really outdo themselves um not only price wise but spec wise um everything is just just on point so if this is a rumor i hope it becomes true what what do you think, Faith? Are you gonna you gonna buy any watches this Christmas season? Mm, I don't know. If I have enough money, uh, we'll see. We'll see, huh? We'll see what uh, what Santa brings to you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, Faith, um, that about wraps up. You know the five articles that happened this past week in tech. I know it's been a few weeks since uh, since you've been on the podcast. Mm -hmm. You got any last words to tell the people? Um, you, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up christmas coming up you got anything to say well, black, thank, black friday yeah thank you for coming and i'm very excited for black friday but it's sometimes a little dangerous yeah so you so, want them to stay safe yeah so all the kids don't please don't go with your parents on black friday because who knows yeah it's just very scary okay it's scary out there yeah so i'm gonna reiterate that people you know stay safe out there it's a crazy here in California. It's it's getting wet and wild out here. Yeah. Um, you know the sales on Friday are going to be 
they are going to be what they're going to be. A lot of these sales you can get online. So if you can, stay home, shop online, get it delivered to you. Don't go out there in the craziness. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that's about it. You know, we, uh, we appreciate you guys for listening to this podcast. I hope it was entertaining. I hope it was informative. Um, I hope you got something out of this podcast. And um, but until next week, that's that's all I have. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to sign off and say thank you and have a good one. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.